Because we finished reading The Casual Vacancy. At least one of us did. This is MuggleCast episode 259 for October 28, 2012. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 259. Eric, Selena, Micah, and I are all here this week. Hello, gentlemen and lady. Hello. 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 This is so odd seeing you, Andrew, uh, in your Google headband and man- monocle. Yeah, we're doing we're doing a Google Hangout chat to talk. It's fun. Yeah, I like it, it. it's interesting. We're all dressed up for Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, except for Selena. I'm not quite sure what she is. I don't even no, see Selena. I, Selena's I a know. black hole. Well, mine was just a green screen, so I turned it off because that was weird. Oh, Look, I'm just, just maybe your camera's just broken. Maybe. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> Eric, can you get closer to your mic? You're still like low compared to everybody yeah. else. Sorry, I have okay. to. Uh, That's much better. I pretty much have to like hold the mic like this. Oh. What do you have? Like, what do you have? You have like a, a mechanical arm. Yeah. Standing that, dude. I'm just gonna get one of those. Yeah. You <laughs> so we have um some news to catch up on and we also are going to talk about the casual vacancy a couple people have finished it not everybody however yeah and we have nope. some, <laughs> we have some emails to, wait did you not finish it selena no oh no <laughs> do you know what happens you the, though you were the closest no <laughs> yeah you were wow. the closest what happened so i didn't read anything <laughs> The ball so, has been dropped. So it all comes down to Micah. <laughs> the MuggleCast review of The Casual Vacancy is actually the Micah review of The Casual Vacancy. Wow. Yay. All right. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, the news. Micah, what is happening in the, in the world of Harry Potter this month? Well, it's really the world of J.K. Rowling, not the world of Harry Potter. Yeah. Because uh, she's been out on her promotional tour for The Casual Vacancy. And she made a stop in New York City a couple weeks ago. And uh, some of us were there. Yeah, how was that? It was good. You know, it's it's always good to kind of see everybody get together. Um, minus a few, obviously, Andrew and Selena. We didn't we didn't see you there. But it was kind yeah, of like a mini reunion Yeah. Uh, of sorts. It was kind of uh, like Chicago all over again, uh, but with uh, a few less people. And uh, it was fun. You know, not to be too critical of the uh, of the person doing the interviewing, but uh, I didn't find her that engaging, and I'm I'm forgetting her name right now. But she really uh, she seemed to be way more of a fan than a professional. Hmm. And so, uh, I mean, I, I can understand that being in the in the presence of J.K. Rowling and being responsible for interviewing her, but I really felt like. It was more about her and less about J.K. Rowling, and she talked way too much, and J.K. Rowling didn't talk quite enough. Well, authors tend to have like a uh, a shorthand, like that they talk to each other in sometimes because this like a person. Pimp hand? No, no, a shorthand, the <laughs> pimp hand. No, like uh, it's a vernacular, it's it's vocab. So they they talk to you. So she was asking, I think her name was Anne, uh, and she was an author, and she was asking Joe about her creative process and things like that. And so some of the um, questions she would ask, I, I found that I was very interested in 
um, you know, because I like to look into to writing, and I, I I found those questions interesting. But there was like I was uncomfortable at certain times when she was just like talking about her own writing and her own work, and here I am, you know, look wanting to learn more about J.K. Rowling. So mm. if 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 they had a time limit and they did, I feel like it could have uh, been better used, you know, to ask even more questions of J.K. Rowling because getting our book signed, that was not the time to ask Joe a question. Uh, you know, if you wanted to have your question asked, it needed to be done, you know, submitted in the weeks prior. And the questions that, well, some of the questions that Joe was being asked during the, the event, uh, you know, were submitted. But on the whole, and they even joked about this, you know, she had a stack of cards with everybody's questions on it and really probably only got to about five of them that night out of, you know, 15 or 20, it looked like. I think right. it's, I think it's important, though, to have somebody who's really excited about being in the presence of J.K. Rowling. Though, That's true. You know? That's true, because she, in a way, then represented all of us who are just as yeah, excited. Definitely. Yeah, but I, I think the other part of it is, though, you have to remember that the people there paid to see J.K. Rowling. They didn't pay to see Anne <laughs> Patton. That was her name. They only paid and, like 35 uh, bucks, though. I know, but... <laughs> How many opportunities do you get to to see J.K. Rowling and to listen to her talk? And yeah, I, I thought overall it was great, though. She read from a passage in The Casual Vacancy, and really that part that Eric talked about, that Q&A, was very, very short uh, from the fans themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely was. And even the reading, like she did a reading, <laughs> but I found the whole evening was, was kind of short. I mean, we, we ended up waiting quite a while afterwards to, to get our stuff signed, but the hour deadline, or I say deadline, but that's kind of what it was like. They stuck to that hour time frame very, very strictly. It literally ended right at nine o'clock, and they moved it over to the the and, signing. And portion. that's obviously because Jay J, J.K. Rowling had a lot of books to sign. I'm sure two thousand, yes, a, a thousand more than she was even going to. And I'm so glad that she still decided to do that for everybody. But so, what did is, she sign everybody's books? Yeah. She signed oh, everyone. And not only that, like everybody got a new copy of the book. Um, cause you know, there's no way to facilitate, like bring your own casual vacancy, whatever. Like they had, we all got a brand new book and it was already, the flap was already like in the page so that you just open it up and it was right to the page that Joe would sign, which is like the fifth or sixth page. So, um, so Eric, wow. what did you say to Joe? So <laughs> I'm laughing because uh -oh. I asked Micah this question afterwards. No, no, no. I asked Micah, I'm going to, I'm going to. I don't want to ruin this. I don't want to spoil this for Micah, but I asked him afterwards. I was like, so Micah, what did you say to Joe? And he says, uh, you, you know, not, not, nothing. I was, like, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh, you know, I may have said thank you yeah. afterwards. I Were did you speechless, you. Micah? No, you know, it goes by very, very quickly. And, you know, it, what else are you going to say? I said, uh, you know, thank you. And she actually fumbled with the book when she was giving it back to me. So she was nervous. Oh, you have you. that effect on her. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, well, Eric, what did you say? Yeah, I said I had a script. I had a, a thing that I, um, played with while I was waiting in line. I knew that we'd only have like three to five seconds. Right. So I came up with this speech and I didn't introduce myself. Like several other people, like from Muggleland, were like, Hey, I'm so and so from Muggleland. Yeah. She was like, I love Muggleland stuff. I didn't waste that time. I basically said, What did I say? Um, thank you for continuing to put pen to paper. Mm -hmm. I, you have a, a, a wonderful, voice uh meaning writing voice and i love your simile and metaphor 
<laughs> and she said, thank you. That was it. That was what I did. And as she was signing the book and then it, I got pushed, you know, to, to leave. So that was it. But <laughs> that was, that was really like, that was what I was looking forward to the most out of this event. You know, we can criticize the, yeah, the question and answer or whatever, but like actually just being able to thank her in person, you know, there's the eye contact, that kind of thing, like for everything that happened with Harry Potter and it wasn't a Harry Potter event. People were not allowed to, to, to bring anything Harry Potter wise into the line, you know, n- nothing at all. But still, like, I wanted to thank her in person for that, for that impact. So that this was a good opportunity for that. And I, I would say it was well worth the trip. I did watch the um, video, like the first 50 minutes of the event. So I got a good sense of that, the, the that interviewer and the atmosphere in the audience. And it seems like a complete everybody there was a huge harry potter fan i don't think anybody anybody there has like never was read that, harry potter or yeah yeah you know they were hardcore jk rowling fans so um well it seems like everybody had a good time i had a couple other friends who went and they said it was a great time as well i know one well of my- afterwards was even better you know we went to Why? this bar and did these harry potter shots <laughs> i think we're old enough to say that at this point on on the, on the uh, podcast did you just say that afterwards was better than the jk rowling event because <laughs> alcohol was involved I'm pretty sure that's what you just said, Micah. We are adults. I, I saw photos from that. The the place that was doing the, the Harry Potter like fireball whiskey shots or what what was that? They were on fire. The shots were on fire. They yeah. were on fire. And the bartender and, and had like a Harry Potter scarf and good there stuff. There were incantations. He gave us a scarf and a hat and a wand. And we were supposed to what is this place called? Do you remember, Micah? It's called the uh, the Barcelona Bar. Barcelona bar in New York City and and this you 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 wouldn't be able it's hard to find from the outside cuz there's currently like scaffolding on the building but Micah's friend Nicole um not Danielle not, right not Danielle, Danielle. <laughs> Nicole Eric um, called her Danielle the whole time knew oh, about this funny. she didn't even say anything nice girl right didn't even say that I had her name wrong the whole time but no so they have these specialty shots uh from all different um uh, you know, literature and, and movies and pop culture and stuff. And the Harry Potter shot involves them literally handing you these props, asking you to, uh, you know, cast a spell. And then he lights them on fire. The, these, well, you know, the, the, the more the merrier is just sweet nine. And he lights them on fire and he's shouting some kind of, it was kind of adult what he was saying, weird rambling crap about Harry um, and his, his trials at Hogwarts. But then the, the, the fire just keeps going. And going and going and going and eventually he blows it out and you've got this very hot cinnamony kind of apple uh, shot to drink. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good stuff. <clears throat> I'm glad uh, that all worked out. Did, did they have a um like? But they knew ahead of time you were coming, right? The Harry Potter. Harry. What? No, they just they just regularly offer. And I, I wonder if I took any pictures of blackboard, but it's like on it's like a chalkboard, and they have all the list of all the different shots. Like there's an Indiana Jones shot. Oh um, wow, this place like, sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, and they yeah. used to do different things. Well, that's the thing is like the shots I feel really save this place. Um, for like otherwise, it's well, it's just, a hole in the wall. That's what he's trying to say, yeah. and that's what that's what their money maker is is that they do themed shots. Ah, okay, cool. So there's been lots of interviews about the casual vacancy, and of course, most of them have involved Harry Potter. I got to say, a lot of these interviews were very repetitive. I've been getting very bored with each new one that comes out. They ask, I feel bad for J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I know, and she has to answer every time, like it's some like big revelation that that she's saying. 
One of the questions was, though, what will be her next book? And she does say that it, it is likely to be a children's book. She hasn't committed to it yet, but she has two children's books and one other adult book. I think she has, like, pretty much written at this point. And one of them for six to seven-year-olds is the one she believes is going to be her next book that's mm-hmm. released. I don't I'm so relieved. I don't <laughs> I don't think I can handle all that grown up stuff. <laughs> but oh, but really? are we to be as as adults now, are we to be even excited about a book for six or seven year olds? It's just gonna be some children's picture book, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm there's yeah. no way that I'm gonna get into this this next book of hers. I can tell already that it's just gonna be it's gonna be a great book, I'm sure, but it's not it's not for my age type. I I can already see myself going, I'm not gonna Yeah, but you'll collect it at the end of the day. You're gonna go out and buy it, right? I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll buy it. I'll I'll yeah. definitely go to the bookstore and read it. it but yep. Selena's gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> you know, just to No, I think that it's going to be really interesting because I think where Joe really went out of her way this time to to show that this was not Harry Potter and she was she was writing for adults in this really real story. I feel like now she's gonna be writing for children, she's going to She's she's proven herself, you know. She's gonna go write something. I don't know, fantastical in some way. At least that, that's my hope. And while it might be for like a lot smaller children, I think I'll still really enjoy it. Maybe that says more about me, though. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it, it'll definitely be a fun book. I would think and something something whimsical. Uh, I just I would have no reason to buy it really. I mean, you know, mm. we're entering this era now where it's like, do I buy every J.K. Rowling book no matter what? Or what What do I do? I mean, like, do Stephen King right. fans buy every single Stephen King book? I, I think they do, I, actually. He's but, written like 50 of them. But, 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 but that's guess, probably because they're all for adults. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the thing is that did the casual vacancy um, – prove to you that you are in fact a jk rowling fan or are you just gonna accept that you're just a quote-unquote just a harry potter fan you know that's the yeah, difference yeah <clears throat> anything else that she's, she has said recently that's been of interest in interviews she had a, a few interesting things to say about the casual vacancy like specifics about the casual vacancy during that interview um you know at the Koch center um, but otherwise in interviews, I, I think it's been kind of, like you said before, repetitive, um, you know, nothing terribly, uh, new and interesting about that. Yeah. Th- there was a one Potter comment about, uh, wishing that she could still speak with Dumbledore, but I, f- I feel like that's something that she said before in the past. Mm-hmm. She has. Mm-hmm. So and I'm like, uh, if anybody can speak to Dumbledore still, it's JK Rowling, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> She could, I don't know why that's a complaint, because she could just write a paragraph where she talks to him, you know, or a page or two. But Now, we know that she hasn't ruled Potter out in the future if, if something does come up, but do you guys think we will see another Potter novel, whether it be 10 years from now, 15 years from now? I just, I don't understand how she could have that much knowledge in her head and not want to go ahead and and put it down on paper again if, if there is a good story that, that she can write. Um, I think what's in her head are, you know, the bits and pieces, the fragments and stuff, like stuff that never made it into the first book because it's not relevant. I think what she means when she said, like, she still walks in and out of the walls of Hogwarts and if there were a good story that 
that came upon her as being, you know, worth telling, she would tell it. I think what that means is she needs another central character, you know, because she's done with Harry. So where in the timeline and where in the, in that world is there another, uh, kind of story that's, that's equally interesting or that, that's going to appeal to her in the same way that Harry's hero's journey over the course of seven years at Hogwarts, you know, arrested her and got her to tell it. So I think that's what it, what she's looking for is another character to follow or another, another journey that, that might Alba strike Severus. her. I, I, yeah, Albus Severus. It could be Harry's direct kid or it could be somewhere else in the world, you know, in another school or maybe at a, an, an orphanage, maybe at a, Maybe at a maybe at a Senate seat of a of a high council. Now oh, she's more political. You know, it could be a more political book. It could be a vastly different book than Harry Potter, but in in his world is what I is, you know. I guess so. that's kind of true, and and I I never really thought about that because I always assumed if she was going to go back to Potter, she would either write about Harry's children or Harry's parents or the founders of Hogwarts. Like I never really assumed she would go anywhere else, but you're absolutely right. Like she could write about Bobaton or something. We have no idea. She has said that Harry's story is finished. So right. yeah. We'll, yeah, so- I, we'll never see more with Harry as the, the lead character. <clears throat> I, I do think if she does return to Harry Potter, it will be a while from now because she has said in these interviews that she has multiple books uh, prepared in the pipeline and, and it seems like none of those are Harry Potter. That's true, although there is Pottermore, and I did want to ask you guys if you've continued or finished Chamber of Secrets on Pottermore yet, because quite a bit of the book is, is available now, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've been through it. Um, we're going to get the final Chamber of Secrets chapters this upcoming week. Okay, the reason I ask is because I wondered about the new content that she continues to release on there. I mean, at least... For now, that seems to be the only place where we're going to get Harry Potter content from Joe, though. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, su- summarizing those interviews that she said. It feels like an encyclopedia is very unlikely in the near future. I think I think Pottermore has to be completely finished before we can even start considering the idea of a of an encyclopedia happening. Yeah, I, okay. I agree, and I and I think uh, you know from what I remember going through, I know when the next set of chapters was released for Chamber of Secrets, I did start the process of going through and looking at the new information, but I don't think I made it all the way through, so I'm not up to this next set of chapters that are going to be released uh, in the upcoming week. But uh, and and again, nothing kind of stood out to me, Andrew. I don't know if it did to you about those chapters. There's no really big information that that i can remember no um let me look through my notes there was um they had a there was a new piece on king's cross station there's a new piece on pure bloods new piece on peeves new piece on hogwarts ghosts and new piece on draco malfoy so there was um five new sections of writing from jk rowling which was cool this next one is believed to have information on the Sword of Gryffindor, the Chamber of Secrets, and ghosts. Just in time for Halloween, appropriately enough. Well, I'd like to know more on the Chamber of Secrets for sure. Well, if you can't, spiders. if you can't wait, lucky for you, there is this. I've learned in the past week there is this Pottermore hacker, <laughs> and he got he he got into the new Pottermore stuff early and this guy's legit cuz he's done it before and he, the, the content that he unearthed before is real 
Wow. His name is Snitch Spirit. He, like, games the system to get all these extra points and stuff. Like, it's crazy. So um, I have a link there in the show notes, and it goes to a Google Doc. We didn't publish it on Hypable because I didn't need Pottermore knock and be like, take that down. That's illegal. Yeah. But yeah. it's still up on <laughs> Google Docs, and um, we won't read it yet. We'll, we'll, we should get back to um, going through some of this new content. Sure. Because uh, there's a boatload of stuff. I mean, the Chamber of Secrets and the Sword of Gif- Gryffindor entries are pretty long. I imagine the Ghost's entry is pretty long as well. And as you guys recall, in Halloween years past here on MuggleCast, we've done ghost-themed episodes. Yeah. And actually, we're all dressed up for this Halloween episode. Just nobody can That's so it. cool. <laughs> well, we I should, wish I could do it, too. We should take a... Uh, somebody can take another picture if you want with the big... Selena, you should thing. still you should still add some effects. See if you can still add some some I, like facial hair to your green screen. I don't think it'll work though, because Micah's didn't turn on until his full face was in the camera. Right. When I tried doing face. it before, I just started a drum roll by accident. Go to props. I think it just places a prop right in the middle no matter where you are. Oh like, yeah, like I the see. Birthday it. cake. Hey, click it. See mm. the, does that work? Um, but and and I don't like saying this, but as as it relates Yay. to Pottermore, I've just <laughs> I've lost interest uh, in and, Pottermore. Yeah, and I just don't find myself running to the computer maybe as I did at the beginning to see what new information she's going to put out there. It's just really it's not that exciting. Well, well that's yeah. that's a personal that's a personal um, uh, choice, but you know it's your personal journey through Pottermore. I think. What turned me off about the Chamber of Secrets was that they're only releasing four chapters at a time instead of doing a full book like they did with the first book. Yeah. Right. So there's that. But I know for a fact that like one day when I'm feeling the Harry Potter vibe, I'm going to go in and read it all. Like I will do it. I'm not going to say that somehow they're failing at interesting me. I, you know, it's, it's my own personal thing. You know, I got plenty of things going on in my real life, joined a gym, trying to finish casual vacancy, all this other stuff. <laughs> You know, it's not ready for I'm not ready for Pottermore yet. I'm going to let it in, you know, and I'm going to read it all. But probably only after all of its releases, three chapters at a time thing is killing me. For me, like, I feel like it was so important, like, while the show, uh, while the the series was still going on, it was so important for me to learn every tiny little detail. But now, I mean, I'm kind of with Micah and that I'm not kind of so excited for every little piece of information, but I still really want to know about the characters, you know, I still really want to know more about the backstories of all these people like McGonagall and everything. But things like how ghosts work and stuff kind of feels irrelevant to me now because we don't need to use it for anything. Uh, Yeah, because, I mean, there's not going to be a news story necessarily right. where the ghosts, like everything the ghosts were ever going to do in a Harry Potter book has already happened. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what you mean. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I, I think they have to release the chapters in these batches of three or four at a time because that's how people, that's when their traffic spikes. And the Pottermore CEO said that. They're trying to combat that right now, find out ways, figure out ways to get people coming back on a regular basis because they admitted that the traffic spikes when there are new chapters released. And rightfully so. I mean, imagine how much longer we would, like, okay, let's say they release a whole book. You tear through it in like a half hour. Yeah, forty-five minutes, and then you're done for six months. See you later. <laughs> right. Yeah. They have to stagger it. That that's the whole point. I agree. Yeah. And uh, you know, I like how they've taken a completely different approach. If you look at 
their their marketing campaign is is changed a little bit now they're they're trying to get people excited all over again with the the whole follow the spiders yeah tell us uh, about that so just in all seriousness this this did pottermore like they like reach out to MuggleNet and like hey put these ads on your site yeah pretty much i mean that, that that's uh that's what they said they said you know we're we're kind of really trying to gear up and and get people excited about uh, the the final chapters of Chamber of Secrets, and I think that they're going to probably look to do more of that, even you know moving forward, because it, it gives something extra. You know, it, it's something that people can kind of reflect on at the same time too, because maybe you remember it from the movies or you remember it from reading the books, and uh, you know, it's it's a cool concept. You know, follow the spiders, see what happens. Definitely. Uh, so. Why couldn't it be full of the butterflies? I knew, I, knew, I knew he was going to do that. I was waiting for somebody All and right, figured Eric would do that. What else is in the news, Micah? We'll, well get I back to we casual talked, vacancy in a bit. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. Maybe it was the last episode uh, that the Harry Potter, the exhibition, is returning to New York City uh, after spending much time abroad, or maybe not much time abroad, depending on how you look at it. And uh, it's going to be here the when's November third this week it returns this Saturday I want to say yeah to nice. uh, to Discovery Times Square just and in time for Election Day yes <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what they were looking to line it up with now for the uh, holidays actually for the holidays and uh, they they have mentioned that there will be props from both Deathly Hallows movies which there may not have been the first time around possibly from Part One but definitely there was nothing from Part Two. And they're also going to look to uh, do a couple of holiday-themed areas in the exhibition. So it oh. should, be, should be fun. So are you going to go again? You've been before. Are you going to go again? Yeah, you know, I think I'll go again just to kind of see the new props yeah. and uh, the I, holiday stuff. Sounds cool. I haven't been yet. Maybe I'll have to go with you. Can we go on a date? Yeah, sure. Yes. Are you going to be back for the, uh, for the holiday season? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. You going to visit the family? Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Oh, man. Can your sister come? (laughs) (laughs) This is just getting wildly off topic. Uh, no, but I've the rest of your family, of course. I, I right, of course. I haven't been to the exhibition yet, so I'm I'm interested in um, going to it. I was just curious if it surprised you you haven't been. Yeah, I'm just well, it's never been where I've been. You know what I mean? I mean, like it was probably in New York while I was there, but I never. It was in New York while I was there, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. But this time I won't take it for granted. I was just curious, Mike, as someone who's been before, because I'm sure there are people listening who may ponder going again. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm interested to know what the price tag on it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't taken a look. I know tickets are on sale already, um, but if you remember the last time that this opened, there was a huge DVD release, and they, they right. kind of blew the whole thing out with the red carpet. Uh, and I th- well, the DVD was for was it Deathly Hallows Part One maybe yeah, at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, it just happened to coincide with the opening of the exhibition in New York. So uh, it was it was a really big big event with a lot of the actors and actresses from the series. I'll do the last news story of the day because I wrote about it. Um, it's tennis star Andy Murray. I just wanted to bring this up because this is too funny to me. He was asked. He was asked uh, recently about his reading habits, and he blamed his lack of reading 
on Harry Potter. He said, I don't read books. I mean, I go on the internet a lot and I read stuff online, but I don't read books. I haven't read a book since I was about 14, 15. I got halfway through the third Harry Potter book. It was the first one that was really, really big. It was like 600 pages. I stopped around 200. I haven't read a book since then. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well. (laughs) First of all, I think he was talking about Goblet of Fire. But nonetheless, I mean, how pathetic is this? (laughs) This is bad. This is like, you know that phrase, you can't turn everybody? Like, this is just, this is one of those things. Like, And and he's blaming the length of a Harry Potter book. I know. For his his not reading. I'm sorry. Like... That's the best that, part. <laughs> you, well, the, the length. Well, no, so I'm long. saying there, there are much longer books out there, like Song of Ice and Fire, for instance, that I think are far more capable of turning people off reading due to their length. Um, but yeah, Harry Potter's not a difficult read, even if it's like the only one that I ever found hard to get through is the fifth one. And that's only just because there's so much. And I was rushing myself to do it in like a, a short amount of time. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't know. This, this, this substance, I don't get him. That's an, that's an, that's an, oops, sorry. That's an interesting question. (laughs) Has anybody, Eric, why, why was number five so hard to get through? Just the length? Like what? Just, I love the four you said. There were, were, in terms of, uh, pacing, you know, like four, there's never a dull moment. I don't think so. In Goblet of Fire. In Order of the Phoenix, I think there are several moments, and and as a reader, you disagree with Harry, so it, it's a lot slower to actually go through and enjoy and read. But I, no, I never would have stopped. I was still interested in the end, um, you know, the the whole time. And of course, it's like a middle book, so she had to, book, you know, close old holes and, and and open up new plots and stuff. So it was very, it was like technical. It was like the the this is the book where you kind of have to do everything to set it up for the future books. But so it was it was very boring to read as a result. As opposed to being, you know, just the exciting pop, you know, story that, that, you know, for the most of the book, Harry's really moody. Voldemort, we don't know. He's, he's back. He's back, but we don't know what he's up to. So. Ah, uh, this is like, too much. What, once upon a time, I was going to call it. There's too much, um, Order of the Phoenix hate. I love that book. Yeah. I, it's my favorite. Mine too. Yay. Guys, <laughs> I like the movie, to be honest. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I did too. I thought it was a good distillation. I did not like the movie. Least favorite movie. Oh. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was a needed distillation. Micah or Selena, did you have any trouble getting through a Harry Potter book ever? No. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I wasn't trying to think of think one, so. but I was like, no. No. It's hard I for mean, me to remember. Here's the thing, though. Having seen the movies first, well... I was going to say, having seen the movies first, sometimes you try and, and rush through a book and want to just get it over with because you technically already know what happens. But I think they, they're they in parts, they're so different that you did learn more information. You know, yeah. In a way, I'm kind of comparing so it. Better. Yeah, I'm kind of comparing it to like the first book of, of A Song of Ice and Fire, Game yeah. of Thrones. Like I was rushing to get through that book. I and couldn't wait exactly for it to end. The same. Because it's exactly the same, exactly. So... But with Potter, no, I just, I liked reading it. And I, and I read, I think it was the first five books, the, uh, in, in one summer before, you know, the next year Half-Blood Prince came out. So, nah, my answer is no. Yeah. The only one that I did find, like, I didn't, I struggled to get through was the final one, but that was mainly because I didn't want it to end, you know? 
right. <laughs> you know, that's really why. And people kept dying, and I was like, I don't want to read anymore. People right. are going to die. Yeah. Harry Potter fan problems. Don't yeah. want it to end. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I've, I've suffered that. I think probably with Deathly Hollows, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I can't think of any book that's particularly been difficult in terms of Harry Potter for me to get through. Okay, nothing so I like think the, nothing like the wall I hit when I started read Casual Vacancy. <laughs> so I think that's it for Harry Potter news. Unless there's anything else anybody wanted to bring up. No, let's talk about the uh, Casual Vacancy. Let's talk about Casual Vacancy. Let me. I'll I'll start the conversation by explaining why I haven't finished Casual Vacancy. I've decided I'm not going to finish the book. <gasps> dun, what, dun, like dun. Ever, 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 ever. It's on my bookshelf. I like having it there. It looks good, but I don't understand why. I just re- I I realized a week or two ago that I shouldn't be forcing myself to read a book I'm just not interested in. Like, why should I sit here and force myself to read this? When I want to read other books, I'm reading Divergent by Veronica Roth right now, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, but I just don't understand why I would want to continue reading this. I'm not going to force myself to read a book just because it's J.K. Rowling. I'm not going to convince myself I like it when I really don't. And this is just my opinion. I, I People enjoyed the book, so I'm, and I'm glad they did. This is just my view of it. I agree you shouldn't force yourself. Did you have the crickets pewed? Good use of sound effects. Crickets Oh, God. What'd oh, you say, Eric? Yeah, I agree that you shouldn't force yourself to finish a book you don't want to finish. And. Uh oh. Did he drop? Yeah. He dropped. He froze. <laughs> That's fun with video. <laughs> so, Selena, um, why haven't you finished the book? No, I, oh God, I, I feel that kind of the same way as you, even though I am going to finish it. But after our discussion last week, I actually left it feeling a lot more positive about the book. You know what I mean? Like I actually, we were discussing all of the things that I initially thought, oh, this is, <laughs> well, that, that's not me this time, um, that, that I originally thought were were a problem actually wasn't a problem. It was just, it's just a different book than Harry Potter, which, and a different book than I was expecting. I was expecting a thriller and it wasn't a thriller, but then I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to finish it. And then I just didn't. <laughs> and then it it became a thing where every time I sat down to finish it, it just, the idea of it just made me so depressed because it made me depressed reading it the first time around. But it's so stupid because I've got like 60 pages left. I am going to finish it. It just became a thing where it, it felt really negative and I didn't want to go into it feeling down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you do plan on finishing it. I do. Okay. Eric, what was the second half of what you said? You froze up. Oh, I, yeah, no, I, I plan on finishing it as well, even though I haven't. Uh, I, I feel like I need to validate the time I already spent on the book. Um, right. Not that it's, you know, that terrible either. I, I know it is. I know by now it's look, it's a completely different book than what I was expecting. And it's not the type of book I would normally read. Um, it's going to be depressing. It's going to upset me reading it, you know, and hearing about nothing positive happening to the characters. Look, I like happy endings. That's, that's the bottom line. I know this book is not going to have one, but I feel like, again, doing this show, I I feel like I need to, because I read all the Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I need to read her next book. I, I feel compelled to understand her. I feel like it'll help me understand her better as an author. And all sorts of other stuff where I just feel like I should and I have to finish it. 
Um, but also I want to. So there's that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm saying no, if that, you, that's good fair. for you. You that's... know, good for you for saying I'm not going to force myself to finish it. Like, don't. That's fine. No, but you, you, mm-hmm. you bring up a good point, too. I, I did read a couple major spoilers about the casual vacancy. Uh-huh. So I do know how <laughs> it ends. <laughs> now, Micah, what did you think of the book as the brave soul who conquered it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was easy for me because I, I spend a lot of time going back and forth from the city. So I do have the ability to kind of read it on the train casually. No pun intended. And uh, I, I did feel it pick up as the book went along. You know, and that that was kind of one of the criticisms I feel like we got from people who had finished the book in a short period of time and, and were listening to our show. And they said, well, you guys have only read about 100 pages. Is it really fair to do a review? Is it really fair to criticize the book overall? And, you know, I actually liked it at the end of the day. It's very dark. Uh, there's a lot of depressing things that happen along the way. There are some funny moments too, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than I thought it was a really well-written book. I won't call it a good book. It's not, you know, it, it's certainly something that you shouldn't walk away feeling good about. I know J.K. Rowling said, you know, she'd be shocked if people didn't cry at the end. I didn't cry, right. but. I she could would see, be shocked. Yeah, I could certainly see why people would. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a very sad ending to the book. Yeah, I think Joe is expecting you to get really connected to her characters. Uh, that's why you would cry, I think. So it. See, sorry, it, just to interrupt okay. you. I was just gonna say that that's. I think that is the thing that I've seen people people have issue with with this book it's not that it's it's not well written or that it's not an engaging story is that like i've had people respond to me on twitter saying basically it feels like they're reading about a bunch of dursleys you know what i mean like that that's what and i i totally see that once they said it i was like yes that's what it is they most of these characters feel like dursleys and maybe it is because it's jk rowling and we're we have been pre sort of taught that we're not supposed to care about Dursley's. I don't know what it is, but I, I found it really difficult to care about most of these characters. There's, there's no hero among them or the right. heroes among the, no, no, the hero, there's no flawless hero. The hero among them is flawed and, and, and it's, it's all this very big gray area. It's not good versus evil. Mm. It's evil versus slightly less evil or different kind of badness, you know? And Cor- there is Crystal and she's great. And I care about Crystal, but that's, and I care about some of the others as well, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think the 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 main hero, if you could even call him that, you know, is is not even in the story for the most part, and that's mm-hmm. Barry. He dies right at the start, and not to say that that he was flawless, but he's probably the closest to anything resembling a hero in the story. Though I think mm-hmm. Crystal is brought up. J.K. Rowling mentioned her as she did mention uh, Sukvinder, if I'm yeah. Sukvinder, yeah, 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 the right way because of, of how she acts at the end of the story without giving anything away. Um, but you know, we lose that heroic-type figure within the first several pages of the book. And you know, we learn later on that really he was flawed because he neglected his family to you know, really get behind this whole campaign as it related uh, to 
what's the area called again? The fields, but the fields, he, um, yeah. But he he was a champion for good, and in general, he saw the best in these students, no matter what their class was, and and things like that. Like he was a good guy, and he seems to be one of the only good guys that uh, there were in that town, which is a shame for that town. But ultimately, if I'm you know asking myself, well, what kind of book do I want to read today? It's not going to be the the you know about these kinds of characters. You know, I I, I think that. J.K. Rowling's book is is more realistic than I would prefer, even although it does take something, some skill, cons- considerable skill, to take what is in the world, the difficult subjects to talk about, and to actually make a book about them. Um, but I, I I realized when reading this that I very clearly prefer more um, fun, you know, poppy, <laughs> less likes less serious work. I really do. I I need to be entertained. I can't be gripped in this way by this type of medium. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's very dark. And it, it's a different kind of dark, I think, than Harry Potter at certain points. And, you know, that's not to say that there aren't some kind of crossovers between the two books. But I, I really just feel like this is definitely an adult novel in every sense of the word. And mm. if you go into it thinking that you're going to get anything resembling Hogwarts or, or Harry, Ron and Hermione, that's just not going to be the case. And it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the anticipation going in because this is a completely different book and a completely different set of circumstances and different characters. And right. there's no magic at all. It was a character study, you know, a really long drawn out character study about how Barry and his death affected the lives of people, normal people who were living normal lives, tragic lives. And that is great. But some people, especially people who are fans of stuff like Harry Potter, might not want to read some, something like that. And I think that's fair enough. Well, one of the reasons I said to J.K. Rowling, I said, I love your simile and metaphor is because, um, honestly, this, the... Uh the metaphors in this book, or, the, or actually more particularly the similes, are what gets me through it. She talks about Samantha like sliding into like a landslide of pleasant drunkenness and stuff. And while I was reading that, I was laughing because I'm like, oh, that's a funny way of saying that. You know, that's what was getting me through the book at, at certain points was these words that JKR was using to describe what was actually happening. And so that, for me, was the uplifting, was the only humor in the book, really, is in the narration. And, and, and the kinds of ways that the narrator views these characters as being contradictory or whatever. So, Micah, if somebody comes up to you and you, you talk about J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter and whatnot, do, do you recommend The Casual Vacancy to somebody? Would, would you recommend it to anybody? And if so, who? What type Have of person? They re- Red Potter? I mean, yeah, is let's that, say are you saying read, a Potter fan comes up? Let's say they've read Harry Potter. Maybe they're not a huge Harry Potter fan. They're like a casual. They've read the books. I mean, who would you recommend this book to? That's the question I'm asking. That That's a tough question because yeah. I don't know necessarily who this type of writing appeals to it, and who this, you know, these themes kind of appeal to on a larger sense because I don't think it's a book. And I, and I said on the last show, and I still believe it having finished it, it's not a book that I would have picked up just off the shelf. And, mm-hmm. and so that, that's what makes it hard for me to recommend it to any one person who, who likes a certain type of, of, of literature. You know, this is kind of very real. You're, 
you get to you get a real sense of these characters and who they are because you see them behind closed doors you know and you see inside their minds on a on a regular basis and you know who they are the raw individual of who they are and how they operate and i think it's just a larger depiction of society as a whole and and how everybody has issues that they deal with and you know th- these are just very real descriptions of people and that's not always that fun to read in my opinion yeah this is actually this is actually the type of story that I could see going on a curriculum of some yeah. sort. You know what I mean? Like it, it reminds me a lot of in, in Danish schools, we read a lot of social commentary, kitchen sink stuff, you know, like, um, like, a, I don't know, the bell jar or, um, some book about a boy who lived in the fifties and had a fish. And then you read all about this fish and then the fish dies and then the book ends and you're like, Okay. <laughs> you know, what did I just read? That's, that's the type of story that it is, which is just teaching you about regular life, regular people going through regular, it's kind of like teaching you about human emotion. Yeah. And it's, I mean, whether you're talking about Andrew's father, not, not your dad, Andrew, oh. but <laughs> <laughs> who's just a complete and utter, uh, br- like brutalizer. I mean, he beats his children, he beats his wife, you know, and, then you switch over to, is it the Mollisons who, you know, he has this really, is it the Mollisons who's, and, and this is part of the problem too, I think, is is I can never get all the characters lined up in a row with the exception of a few. Um, the one who goes through these really, um, it's Fats' father or. That's Cubby, Cubby Wall. Cubby. Yeah, you know, who goes through these moments of pure anxiety. And, you know, these, these are real things that people deal with, you know, whether you're talking about domestic violence or you're talking about, you know, anxiety and, and, and fears and things like that. You know, you, you kind of strip everything away from these characters with the exception of when you see them out in, you know, the delicatessen or you see them out at, uh, you know, some sort of event that's taking place throughout the little town that we're in. Mm. Uh, well, you know, interestingly, if this book were to be assigned, uh, reading, like in a curriculum, like Selena said, um, the topic was touched on at, you know, in New York at the Koch Center, um, when JK Rowling was asked to really prescribe an age limit to her book about what age she feels casual vacancy is appropriate for. And the result was, and, and Joe's the last person to say, you need to be this age to read this book. But but she feels that it's right around the, the correct age of maturity to deal with the, the older and admittedly adult issues of this book was about 15 or 16, she said. A 15 or 16-year-old girl could possibly be able to handle this book. So we're looking at if it's in the U.S. schools, um, you know, junior, senior year of high school, this would be a book that uh, Joe feels would be, you know, would be the right age to, to have that book be read. Um, and we got an email about that actually about, you know, a listener who, um, we'll read, uh, in, in just a couple of minutes, but you know, she, she's, she's a little younger. And I know that, um, Keith Hawk, for instance, uh, from Muggleland, you know, his daughter went to the JK Rowling event, uh, you know, for casual vacancy, she has a signed copy of it, but, um, he is not allowing her to read it for several years as, as a parenting issue. And I, I completely actually support that. I, I, you know, she understands that too, that it's a little adult for her at this point. Um, so I find that interesting that there were people in attendance that 
you know, were too young for it, that, that, that their parents were, you know, are still not going to let them read it. And JKR herself recommends an older age group for this book. Right. Well, I, I agree with that. And I think when you look at the themes, that's a reason why. And it's not to say that they won't understand them necessarily, but I think to be exposed to them at that age is certainly questionable. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there, there's a lot of dark stuff that happens in in this book. Well, let's get to the emails now. This is from Rebecca, 32 of Missouri. She writes, I think it's wrong to assume that most of the readers of Harry Potter would not be interested in this new novel. I've always been a big reader and was 19 or 20 before I read the first Harry Potter book. Until then, was never a fan of anything fantasy. In fact, I first discounted it because it was fantasy. I think people need to give the new book a chance. I feel like the book was clearly not going to be anything like Harry Potter, and to expect such was wrong on the part of the readers. It can't be compared to HP on any level. The only similarity is the author. Did anybody say it was going to be like I don't I don't know if anybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be similar to Harry Potter." No, I don't think I'm the only thing I th- I I made an assumption about this book. I thought it was going to be like a mystery novel. Mhm. You know, and and of course, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but it was hard not to when there was no information released about the book at all before it was released. You know, yeah. I think it's I think we we could guess that it wasn't going to be anything like Harry Potter, but I at least thought it would be uplifting, and it wasn't. Right. So there's that, and that is my response to this email: is that's fair. look, you know, whoever's whoever's uh you know the 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 reader the writer of this email you know said she, she's always been a, a big reader that's great you know i haven't been hp was the reason i started reading and was the reason i i actually appreciate any book you know it ties back to harry potter one of those reasons is that harry potter is very uplifting this book i see it as a, a crafty you know depiction of real world reality and real villains and the variety of bad people in the world but it's not for a minute something that I, th- I think that I would prescribe to another Harry Potter fan simply because the Harry Potter books are so uplifting and rewarding and this book is not. So that's why I wouldn't recommend it to an H- to a Harry Potter fan, you know, because it, it, it doesn't give me the same warm feeling that those books do. And that has nothing to do with fantasy and it has everything to do with the type of characters. Yeah. And I, and I think the inclination, though, coming in is to compare Potter to it, whether it's fair or not. And that's just the way that things were going to go, primarily, I think, with the media, because they love to do that kind of thing. And when, when you create what can arguably be called the most successful book series of all time, at least of this generation, there's nothing else close. And then you write another book. It's going to be compared, and that's the way that it goes. Next email is from Allie K, 31 of South Australia. I had not read much of The Casual Vacancy when I listened to Podcast 258 because I also had been finding it difficult to get into, and following all the characters was confusing. I started to feel that perhaps I would actually not enjoy this book at all. How wrong I was. I have now just finished, and I need to talk about it so badly. Oh my God, what a story. Very grim, very raw, but unfortunately, very real. I have been utterly touched by the lives of yet another set of Rowling's characters. If you have not finished it yet, I urge you to keep on. It gets better as you continue along. Having said that, the story is so very depressing that I do not feel any need whatsoever for a sequel story. As a little side note, I kept thinking of Frank McCourt's Angela, Angela, Angela's Ashes as I was reading it and felt it had a similar tone and similar issues. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. 
So, yeah, I mean, I guess the best part about this book is that it is real. And that's why that's why it is such a great story. I mean, because because real stories don't always end in happiness like Harry Potter did to some extent. So could you argue in that case that the book is good in that it is real? Joe doesn't cut, sure. cut edges to uh, sure. cut corners to make a happy ending. You know what I mean? I think it definitely, I mean, that makes it a really unique, um, raw piece of social commentary, but that's the difference between a book being good and someone enjoying it. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Next email is from Katrina. Katarina. Katrina. Katrina. 23 of Salt Lake City. Yeah. Hey, Mugglecasters. It was great hearing about the casual vacancy of this episode. Just curious what your thoughts are if JKR had written and released casual vacancy before the Harry Potter series. Would our image of her be different? Yes. Probably. I mean, first of all, we wouldn't know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean... Because the casual vacancy, I guess we would all have tried to read the casual vacancy after reading Harry Potter, right? We would probably have assumed that in Harry Potter, it was going to get a lot more realistic. Like there were going to be a lot more, you know, like, like Harry and the Dursleys, there were going to be a lot more hard cutting truths about what actually went on there. You know, the kind of abuse that were some people are assuming that he went through and that I think Joe has even said that he went through. And I think as the characters grew older, we probably would have expected to see more not rated stuff. That's not the right way of putting it. You know what I mean, though? Just a bit less for children. Mm -hmm. I don't think the casual vacancy gets written without Harry Potter, meaning that Mm. I don't think this book ever would have been written by itself by J.K. Rowling, because I never... it would be very hard for it to uh, to gain traction, and I and I think that's a good point. This well, she is, wasn't she wasn't looking for traction when she wrote Harry Potter, though, either. Yeah, but this this doesn't have mass appeal, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Um, whereas Harry Potter does and did. I mean, she talked a little bit about this during the uh, the the event at Lincoln Center, and you know talked about how she has continued to use publishers as opposed to just self-publishing, because she could really self-publish this book if she chose to. She wouldn't have had that luxury um, if this was her first novel. And I, I just can't see this, you know, having the same level of success and allowing the, the door to open for Harry Potter. I think Harry Potter opened the door for this book to be made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how this book would have sold if it if it, if if it didn't have J.K. Rowling's name on it. It's an interesting question. It's something that I would definitely want to know the answer to, but we will never know. Next email is from Jacqueline, nineteen in New Hampshire. Hi, I'm a longtime listener, so first, thank you for all your hard work you put into the podcast. I'm one of those people who would probably have picked up the casual vacancy without J.K. Rowling's name. Speaking of the subject. <laughs> Without J.K. Rowling's name attached. I like the subject of class warfare. I'm interested in politics, and I love character-driven stories. I was a bit, bit disappointed you didn't feel the same. That's not why I'm writing, though. You spoke on the subject of how centric the novel was to areas in Britain and how Americans would gain more insight from it than Europeans. I have to disagree. I live in, statistically, one of the richest states. However, I probably live in one of the smallest, most poverty-stricken towns within that state, though seemingly picturesque. 
Pagford and the fields constantly reminded me of my town, with the neighboring more affluent towns being Yarville. Perhaps this is why I found the book so relatable. I went hmm. to school with Crystal Whedon's, and my best friend's dad is Simon Price. One of the casual vacancy's greatest strengths, in my opinion, is its complete honesty and portrayal of reality. This reality of poverty and drug abuse and absent parenting, etc., isn't confined confined to any region, county, or place. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. So Jacqueline is then the perfect example of the person you would recommend this book to, <laughs> yeah. uh, ba- based on the fact that she says she likes these types of uh, of Class novels. And I, yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with her. I, I think that the, one of the things that stands out for for this particular book is it's it's portrayal of reality and how honest it really is it really strips people down and shows who they are at their very core i can see that if you knew somebody or lived in a town that was like pagford and you knew people like this or you and i'm sure we all actually know somebody like at least one mm-hmm. of these characters to be honest but i can see how that would help you you know to 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 either get through the issue or to 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 not feel so alone that somebody else gets it you know, because there are quite a, a lot of unsavory people in this book, and knowing that somebody can lay them bare and and strip their secrets out for other people to read about, you know, is is actually quite comforting. Um, right. That we're all we're all human in our own very very deeply flawed way. Um, so there's that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll take the next demo from Lily. This is the girl I uh, who wrote in about her age. She's twelve from Australia. She says, "Dear MogoCast, I am a new Harry Potter fan, as I am only twelve." Now that J.K. Rowling has released The Casual Vacancy, I cannot read it because my parents said I was too young. She, meaning J.K. Rowling, always said she wanted to get children reading, so why do you think that she wrote a book for adults? Thank you, love the show, Lily. Um, so I think there's a, a, a you know, very quick misunderstanding here where I think she already did get children reading with the Harry Potter books. And I, I, I don't think that her only goal ever being an author was to just get children reading. Um, that was a very fortunate side effect for her previous work, but I think ultimately she, her, J.K. Rowling's goal as an author is the same as any author, which is to write and anything and, you know, really exercise and, 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 and say things that are important and whatever message happens to strike you at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also, I think J.K. Rowling cannot write for children forever. She wants to, she has the freedom now to write for whoever she wants. So that's, that's the simple answer lily i'm i'm sure uh in time you may understand it a little bit more but don't worry it's not because she she doesn't like hate you or she's changed her mind or anything she just she just wants to write a novel for adults just like yeah we now do podcasts for different audiences you know and i think that's another case is that lily you're 12 now when we started reading harry potter we were 12 you know what i mean like we we joe Rowling probably wants to write for the an audience that has Grown, you know that that were Harry Potter fans when they were young adults, and now are adults. I started reading Harry Potter last year. Right. <laughs> well, you you're doing a good you job fa- of hiding. You faked, it. you faked it pretty well for six <laughs> right. years. Right. I believe it. Thanks, guys. All right. And the last email uh, from Francesca, who is quote your mom's age, <laughs> uh, and uh, she's from Italy, and she says. Hi, guys. I had the luck to get tickets to see JKR's first presentation of her new book at the Queen's Hall in the UK on September the 27th. As usual, 
wherever she is. The place was just overflowing with her fans. JKR was great to see in person, and what a great person she is. She presented her book and explained why she decided to complete this different type of storytelling. I got the impression that she is still dealing with the death of her mom and issues of her own childhood. The book needs to be read as it is without thinking. I'm sorry. The book needs to be read as it is without thinking of the Harry Potter world. I'm enjoying it. We will probably never again get anything similar to HP from her. Leaky was there and was so hoping to have seen you guys from MuggleNet. It would have made the entire evening complete. Thanks again for the podcast. I've been following you guys from day one and travel with your podcast whenever on the road. Thanks for the hours of listening pleasure, Francesca. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear it was a good time over there in London. J.K. Rowling did a Harry Potter event at Queen Elizabeth Hall years ago. So kind of cool that she got to go there again for a different book. Yeah. Okay, let's get through these tweets real quick. More questions about the casual vacancy. This is from Energizer. Energizer. If Joe wrote a sequel to Casual Vacancy, I know there won't won't be, but would you read it? My answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, I haven't read the first one, so of course I'm not going to read the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Michael, would you read a Casual Vacancy sequel as the person who finished it? Um... What would that even be called? The casual occupancy? Ooh. There you go. Write your own, you Selena. <laughs> I'll write it. Fan fiction. <laughs> what if Barry comes back from the dead? <gasps> See, that, well, that I would read. Well, if you read the book, actually, he kind of does. No, shut up. Whoa. The ones we, right, Andrew, Selena? Andrew. Yes. Spoiling it. Andrew, the ones we love never truly leave us. Oh, what is this? <laughs> would Aww. I read the sequel or something? <laughs> Uh, would I read the sequel? I, I, yeah, I probably would. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Pottermore <laughs> News 7, a good source for Pottermore News, by the way. Not related to Casual Vacancy, but when do you think J.K. Rowling will publish her next novel? My guess is sometime next year, late next year. I'm going to say 2014. Ooh. Yeah, but think about it. The, the children's book it'll be shorter, so it won't be too much harder to get get edited and whatnot. That's true, but I mean, and and you might be right. I mean, she might do it, especially if it's a children's book. She might want it out in time for like Christmas, the holidays, the holidays next yeah. year. Like, yeah, um, but in some ways, after the casual vacancy, if if she has publicists, if I was a publicist, I might tell her to hold off a bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's going to be so different from that, but. Yeah, I could see it. I, I can see what you mean. It might come out next year. Any other guesses? No, I mean, I agree, Andrew. Probably sometime next year. She's already got it done, but probably not till later, later on in the year. Mm. Next is from Mr. Lucene. J.K. Rowling managed to transfer my sympathies from the Molsons to the Whedons within 100 pages. This novel is incredible. Yeah, there there are certainly strong forces at play in the book that... All that, that that stir emotion within the reader, and I think for at that it is very strong. So there is that, and I've had those moments too, where I think that moments, the things that happen in the book are, on the whole, pretty cool. Um, but it doesn't change how I overall feel about the book. Sean Amaniali says, words cannot even begin to express how much I hated casual vacancy. Uh-huh. Harry Potter fans, be honest with yourself. This book was rubbish. 
See, I don't think it's fair to call that rubbish. Well, I don't think it's fair no. to call it rubbish for everybody. Like, you can't make a blanket statement saying, oh, this book, I don't like this book, so everybody else won't like it either. No. No, I agree. Sage McKay says, what are your favorite storylines? Mine are the ones involving the teens. When I was reading it, I didn't enjoy the teens. How about you guys? You, you said really? you did? Did, did enjoy the teens. Oh, did. Okay, okay. All right. I enjoyed, um, well, Crystal's story, obviously, and I, and I, and, uh, Sukhvinder's, uh, I guess enjoyed, so it was a strange way to put it, but I preferred reading Sukhvinder and Crystal and also, um, what is Sukhvinder's mother's name? Parminder? Parminder. Parminder. I enjoyed reading about her as well. Uh, I liked Parminder, who's closest to Barry, obviously, and right. and Samantha. I really enjoy. Um, really? Flaws and uh, well, all. Well, she was great. I guess she was really well written, but oof. <laughs> she was so sardonic. She was, she was sardonic. It was right. pretty enjoyable for me to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I mean, I like the, uh, the teen storylines. Uh, poor Andrew trying to get with, mm. uh, is it Gaia the whole Gaia. time? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, his, his pursuit there, Fats was an interesting character too. Um, you know, he was kind of the comic relief throughout most of the story, but, uh, I, I found the adults, they were just too boring mm-hmm. at, at points. Yeah, I guess you're right. Cause they are mostly, I guess the, 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 the real interesting, uh, is, is that too spoiler to say? Cut it out of it is, but the real interesting thing about the casual vacancies, how, even though it's a book for adults, it's ultimately the children who drive the story forward. That's exactly you know what I mean. What so, <laughs> huh? It's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Right, but that. it's true. So yeah. I feel like that's probably why the, the the adults they only really react to what the children are doing, which is probably why the children or the teenagers are more interesting to read about. Mm. Jeffrey Hutton says, "Do you guys think J.K. couldn't have made Casual Vacancy better by toning down the language sex?" A little. No. Uh, you I, know, I, I don't think that it's it's really relevant in the larger Definitely. larger picture. Um, you know, it's there because it's it's part of life and you know that what did she say at the uh the event at Lincoln Center that the difference between the sex in this book and fifty shades of gray it's is that, that nobody nobody here enjoys it. <laughs> nobody in this book enjoys it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um yeah. yeah, it's just the language, I mean it is what but it you is. know what? That's how people talk. I mean, go out and listen to any conversation on the street or in a restaurant or even when you're at home or you're out with your friends. I mean, that's that's the way people talk. Yeah, you can never make a book better by neutering the characters, you know. Or can you? Or can you? (laughs) Lynn Lynn writes, were you guys at all surprised Surveyor, Surveyor, ended up being one of the heroes of the story? Uh, Don't spoil that, it too much, but yeah, if if that happens, well, you're not going to read it, Andrew. <laughs> no, I'm saying for the listeners. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, don't spoil it for me either. Uh, if that does happen, I'm very pleased, and that might be the closest thing to an uplifting story in the book. I'm guessing um, because yeah. she is she is in a very very bad situation uh, where I am in the book. Yeah, and, I wasn't su- surprised necessarily. I, I thought it was really well written that part. And Yuval writes, do you agree that even though the book was hard to get into in the first 200 pages, the next 300 were absolutely fantastic? I'll get back to you, Yuval. I don't know if fantastic is the word I would use. Did would it you, pick Selena? up? Did it get better? 
no, I, yeah, like I said earlier, it definitely picks up, and it it moved to me anyway. It moved a little bit faster than you know the character introduction at the beginning. It, it is like it's again, it's it's a it's very well written, but it's very very yeah. dark. So I don't know if fantastic is the word I would use to describe the last three hundred pages. No, I agree with you. I think I don't think like people kept saying it was getting better, and maybe I was just reading it with the thought of oh. Surely it gets better soon. <laughs> um, I don't, I think, as Micah said, I can only say the, th- the same thing. This is a very well written book. This is a very carefully, geniusly constructed piece of literature, but I would not use the word fantastic to describe it. Well, I think that wraps up Muggle Cats episode 259. Uh, we have a quick plug here. Somebody. Yes. So tell us about this plug. What is this plug? Well, there's this uh, fan group up at York University, which I believe is in Canada, and uh, they had written into us. Uh, they have a group there called the Ministry of Magic, and uh, they they just wanted to let other uh, Potter fans in the area know uh, that they do have this group and that they have four main sections: a general Harry Potter fan group, a nerd fighter section, an actual Quidditch team and an official HPA chapter, Harry Potter Alliance chapter. So if you're in that area, just check it out. I mean, there's a, I think there's a lot of these throughout the country, throughout the world yeah. uh, that, that develop at colleges, universities, even high schools. Uh, um, so you know, be sure to, to take a look in your area and see if there are these types of groups for you to, uh, to take advantage of. Speaking of that, actually, there's going to be a fun event happening in SoCal this upcoming weekend. Um Harry Potter bowling night. <laughs> oh, are you going? You yeah, go. I'm going. Of course. You gotta, you gotta in, go in Torrance, California. Wow, complete with cool sound effects. Let me bring up <laughs> the little event here. Harry, November third, eight p.m. The Los Angeles Dumbledore's Army, who brought you Harry Potter skate night, are putting on the first ever Harry Potter bowling night. That's so cute. <laughs> At PV Bowl in Torrance, California. Enjoy a night of well-mannered, family-friending, family-friendly bowling frivolity with Harry Potter music, costume contest, and guess this, get this, the, the best part, the, the, this is the reason I'm going, butterbeer, and for wizards 21 years and older, Harry Potter-themed cocktails. Sold. Wow. I am sold. Harry Potter drinks? Get at me. So, um, Rolling in cocktails. Yeah. Uh, just don't forget to kill the spare. <laughs> oh, nice. That was good. So that it's $11. Good. It includes shoes and one game of bowling. Obviously, the drinks and the other stuff may be extra. One game of bowling, that, that's like nothing. So yeah, I don't, that's, that's, um... it should, they should give you more games. But anyway, be there or be a muggle. If, you, if you're on Facebook, you can uh, search Harry Potter Bowling Night. 129 people, RSVP'd. So what? that means like half will go. So about 70. <laughs> so I, it'll probably be a pretty big. I mean, they're running out the whole bowling alley. So should be fun. Cool. And of course, the MuggleCast website, MuggleCast.com. From there, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash MuggleCast. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MuggleCast. The fan Tumblr, MuggleCast.tumblr.com. And of course, you can use the MuggleCast website to contact us via email. Of course, we take your tweets. All these things. Should we plug another podcast? Of course, we have Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones podcast. Yay! Now, now three times a week. Woo! Woo! Look out. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can get more of that. <laughs> and we have uh we have a very special week coming up soon uh that uh you know we'll be promoting a little bit more on uh, yeah. our, our Game of Owns assets, but uh we're we're officially coining it, isn't it Hodor Week? Hodor Week. Hodor Week. Hodor. We're, we're gonna be joined by Christian Narn, I think is that the right way to pronounce his Nairn? name. Nairn. He'll no. tell us. He'll tell us. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we have trouble pronouncing things on that show anyway, so we just add <laughs> it to the list. Glad I'm uh, but, but he'll be joining us uh, for our uh, three weekly episodes, and uh, we look forward to that. We hope our listeners do as well. If you're, if you're a fan of fantasy, which I imagine you are, maybe you like um, Once Upon a Time, the show on ABC. Selena does a show, Onceable, on Hypeable. Onceable, yeah. Hypeable. <laughs> yeah, you, see you what we a, did there? Yeah, and you release a new episode after every new episode of Once Upon a Time to discuss mm-hmm. it. Good stuff. Is it, is it true that they have Captain Hook on that show now? It is true. Oh. Speaking of Captain Hook, Eric, are you wearing eyeliner? Uh... <laughs> Yes, um, because I was the, <laughs> because I was the Joker uh, last night, and that right. required a little bit of eyeliner, and I still haven't figured out uh, quite to get it off. <laughs> we'll have to do uh, next time we have a reason to do a live MuggleCast. We'll have to use Google Hangout and record it because you can record the video. This is quite fun, actually. It's, it is. Fun. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed seeing Micah in his scuba gear and devil horns, and you in your crown and curly oh, Q no, mustache, and Selena's. Selena's one candle cake. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. going to have to find but a computer that works. It is cool because normally we never see each other when we record unless it's a live show. I do prefer it that way. But yeah. <laughs> just wanted to try this. We'll never do this again. No, I'm kidding. This is actually a great way to do it. <laughs> it is. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time for the big 260. Goodbye. Two six zero. Bye. Bye. Bye.